Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here, as always, with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. For the first time, boys, we're a visual medium. We will be on YouTube starting with this episode. Hooray! Hooray! I can, watch, I can look at myself. Yeah, we can all look at at their dorky faces. (laughs) Yeah, we can all look at our own images while we record this. So it only took what about 200 episodes to get it going, (laughs) but but we're here. We got it. We're here. I think it was really more an advance in the infrastructure because remember we tried recording video before and everything was just choppy and bad. And I think companies have been like, oh, we need to fix all of our latency problems for streaming because everybody's been working from home for a year. So. So, yeah, we are back. We do not have Walker. He's been the last two episodes. But you know what? With COVID and everything, the cap dropped down to about $185 million. Much like the Saints, we had to make some difficult cuts to get, you know, to get under the cap. We're still about $30 million over. Uh, Mike, we're going to need to restructure you, you know, convert some stuff into bonuses. But I think we can do it. Yeah, you know, Tom Brady did it. He's the GOAT. I'm the GOAT. <laughs> Goats need to, to restructure, so you know we'll we'll get it done. The Peyton Manning fan—I don't know which which box of it or Mike is in—but uh, the Peyton Manning fan called Tom Brady the goat. I need I need I need to re rewind that um, about thirty seconds. Patrick nope. Mahomes restructured his contract. He didn't restructure, restructure anything. He's got half a billy. Um, So speaking of all the signings and the cuts and everything, we're going to talk about that next week because then we're going to start to have free agency signings. So we can kind of talk about everybody all at once, start to talk about that. Uh, We're going to continue our rookie preview or review from last year Um, in the uh, Patreon feed. We did the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. Today, we're going to do the tight ends and the running backs because uh, tight end, not a whole lot to talk about. We're probably going to buzz through that in about three or four minutes. Rookie tight ends don't usually do much. There's just a few names you guys need to know. Um, But uh, before we get into that, I forgot to say, Mike, how you doing today? Got right down to business. I'm doing good. Um, you know, I don't know what my show, my next show is going to be, my next series of shows since WandaVision closed off um, on Friday, last Friday. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll fi- figure out something to watch on Fridays. But um, for right now, it's I'm, I'm lost. I, I don't know I don't, what to do. You don't have to wait very long. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier starts next week, I think. Okay. Well, yeah, there be, you go. <laughs> that, that's our, my next Friday show. Uh, so I just have to get through this Friday and it's all good from here. Yeah, you just have to you just have to figure out one Friday night and then you're good. Evan, how are you? I am great. Event planning is back on the menu. I I can actually plan events now because of the stimulus checks. I hadn't wanted to plan events for my kids' school because half the people are in financial assistance. And I don't want them to feel they already feel left out enough. And if they then can't, you know, buy a small book from the book fair that their friends are getting, whatever, that's how you lose them. Uh, but now now everyone's going to have at least, you know, 10 bucks in their pocket. I can have a book. I got plans for a book fair. I've got a spirit wear drive. I've got seven things in the works that I've just been sitting on all year. And so it's super great. It's my favorite thing. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> You've got a little pep, pep in your step. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I, uh, you guys know I have my uh, action movie podcast side project. I also, it looks like I'm going to be doing a Substack with one of my friends from high school about uh, early 2000s internet culture, which will be kind of interesting to, to talk about. Um, 
because uh, I've been on the internet for about two and a half decades, and I think it has broken my brain. So that'll work out pretty well. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited as well to get into that. Also, speaking of WandaVision, Mike, we finally finished Endgame. Ah. Last weekend. So tonight, I finally get to start WandaVision. <laughs> right on. Hopefully Twitter didn't ruin too much for you. Uh, I The only thing I really know, and I kind of figured it, is that, uh, spoilers for WandaVision, I guess, it takes place inside of her head or somewhere in alternate reality, I guess. Okay. Um, okay. Because, I mean, Vision's dead. Um, and then uh, I know that uh, Randall Park, Kat Dennings are in it. Catherine Hahn winks at some point. And then there's what is grief but love persisting, the quote that everybody made fun of on the internet last week. That's literally all I know. I have stayed spoiler free. So yeah, somehow, I, somehow, somehow I pulled it off. I, I It took me one day to get screwed out of uh, Luke being on the Mandalorian, but I, I stayed for the entirety of WandaVision spoiler free. So uh, very excited. And I'm stalling because I don't want to talk about tight ends. What else can I talk about? We have a new sponsor. <laughs> we have a new sponsor. Give it or a new patron. Uh, given his last name, I have a feeling he is related to Walker, Joe Kelly. Welcome aboard to being a sponsor, $3 a month Patreon sponsor. If you want to get every other episode, you can sign up at patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. It's three bucks a month. You will get uh, every other episode from us, whether that's the regular season or the off season. Uh, so in the off season, it's once a week. Regular season, it's twice a week. And um, if you want to get life-saving advice, go to our <laughs> Discord. Uh, tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity. Evan, if you want to tell that story. Pretty much just, if you take away the six years of medical school and the three years of residency, we're all doctors in yeah, there. Sure. Uh, we, we, we're, we're waiting through the downtime and we're all chatting in here and, and someone's parents are getting out of the hospital with COVID and he mentioned his dad's oxygen level had gone down to 40, 40% and he didn't know what that means. And me and another person who'd been, who'd been hospitalized were like, okay, they get nervous if it's like below 92 percent okay that's how low it is and i think joey bk i can't take care for this i just explained what the ranges were joey bk says you really should monitor his oxygen levels so on that advice he went out boxing ox bought an oximeter pulse oximeter he tested his dad this morning and his dad was well below 90 so he put him in the hospital and they said he's got pneumonia he's gonna make a full recovery but he just made it in time yeah, if so, you hadn't gone to the hospital in time, yeah, like, so we just might save lives. your dad's life, man. Saving <laughs> lives, and so my uh, my Fitbit updated to do pulse oximetry um, about uh, around the beginning of the year, and I knew about the ninety percent thing for COVID because I had COVID, so I, I always kept that in mind. We went up to Tahoe for my birthday, and keep in mind the like ninety six percent is at sea level. <laughs> I woke up and I looked at my pulse oximeter. It's at eighty nine percent when I was in Tahoe, which is that elevation. I was like, oh my god, am I? Oh no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just at elevation. Yeah. You want to hear something crazy? Uh, the people, because I looked it up, the people on Everest end up at like fifty percent. Uh, oxygenation in their blood. Some of them, some of them ended up at zero percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, the guy, what's the green Green Boots guy? Oh, Mr. Green Boots. Yeah, I've Mr. written about green him Boots. several times. Yeah, he's like they a. Actually a took, mad... They actually took him down because it became oh. so popular. Yeah, they're like, okay, this is not, this is not cool anymore. Now, like, now that it's not just an inside landmark to us. Yeah, but... now it's now it's everybody. So uh, yeah. Okay, before I get started, I have to be scared because I just opened Twitter, which I keep open in case there's breaking news. I saw hashtag 49ers is trending. I just have to make sure I oh, am over. not ready to. Okay, Emmanuel Mosley signed a two-year contract, and Daniel Brunskill signed a contract. Yeah. It's done. It's over. Give it up. Okay. Are you worried about the Colts getting McGlinchey? 
That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, the Niners need offensive linemen and the market is, it is a buyer's market for offensive linemen right now. It'd be so stupid for the Niners to trade McGlinchey. It'd be stupid for the Colts to trade for McGlinchey because Mike, he's been bad. You guys don't want McGlinchey. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I'd rather have Trent uh, Trent Williams anyways. He's mo- he's ours. You cannot have him. You cannot have him. We're clearing I, all of our cap space to keep Trent Williams. <laughs> I can't believe you guys got him for such a cheap deal one year, too. Yeah, it was like a third rounder. It was insane. For, uh, you know, I think uh, he's like a pro football. I think he was like a top three left tackle in the league last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was a monster. He was great. I don't know what I'm going to do next year if they don't have Trent Taylor, because as long as I can really remember, the 49ers have had Joe Staley at left tackle. It's been like, it was like 12, 13 years with Joe Staley, and then one year with Trent Williams. I don't know how to handle a bad left tackle on the Niners. I just don't know how to do it. So, all right, enough of that nonsense. Let's talk the thing that everybody is here to listen to us talk about. Sophomore tight ends. Heck yeah, that's why they tune in. Buddy, so this will be a special Coming in with the top story. Special five-hour podcast on guys, rookies who or tight ends who were rookies last year. So we're being facetious. If you know one thing about our philosophy, it's don't even bother in redraft with rookie tight ends. Just don't even bother. Now maybe that changes this year with Kyle Pitts. We'll have that discussion because I think he might be in a Marcus Colston situation where he has tight end eligibility and is played at wide receiver. That's an exception. But for last year's tight ends, we decided instead of just like choosing things, I'm going to do a soliloquy. Guys are going to fill in the gaps, and then we'll go from there. So for 2021 redrafts specifically, in most of your leagues, there are only two guys you probably need to worry about, and then there are a few more names you should know. So the guys you should worry about are Adam Troutman, who is with New Orleans. He was a third-round pick last year of New Orleans. And Cole Komet, who's actually a top-50 pick last year going to the Bears. They're both very, very good players players they're not transcendent like a Kyle Pitts but they're good players I like Troutman better than Komet but Troutman does have a problem that he went to Dayton which is a smaller school and if you watch his college tape it looks like he's playing against children sometimes so he's got a lot of skills and stuff but it's hard to see if like his tackle breaking is because he's playing against junk but I think he's a guy that you should have on your short list um Cole Komet good like I said, top 50 pick, uh, number 43 overall in the second round last year. But um, his main uh, intrigue is no Jimmy Graham. Uh, targets are going to you know, get redistributed probably. But I'm I'm not as bullish on – I'm not super bullish on either of these guys. I would take a flyer on them as like tight end, I don't know, dart throws 16, 16, 17. I haven't put, that, put together ranks, but not super like down with all of them, uh, with these two guys. But I they're they're good. They're guys you should know. Other guys you should know, Albert Oakwood Bunham, tight end for the Broncos. He did tear his ACL in week nine last year, but he led all rookie tight ends in fantasy points per game. Uh, four and a half in regular, 7.3 in PPR per game. Um, and then other guys, Harrison Bryant uh, on the Browns, Hunter Bryant on the Lions if uh, TJ Hawkinson gets hurt, which it's really unfair to have two H Bryants come out the same year. Screwed me up. A lot. Donald Parham, who uh, was on the Chargers via the XFL. And I mean, that's really it. Mike, are there any of these guys you want to talk about in more detail or a guy that I might have skipped over? I mean, 
Um, not really. I think um, you pretty much nailed it. I, I, a lot of people coming into last year, um, fantasy-wise, dynasty-wise, Devin Asiasi. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if that was more because of the Patriots and everybody sort of got Rob Gronkowski fever and he was a high draft pick and all this kind of, you know, histrionics behind him. And then he did absolutely nothing. Doesn't mean he's not going to do anything this year, but I would say either he's undraftable or he's in the, t- you know, like tight end 2025 range. He's definitely going to be one of the last tight ends off the board. Uh, Colby Parkinson might be interesting. He was out all year, but he is a good, fluid Rob Gronkowski type tight end. Um, and playing in Seattle, you know how Russell Wilson loves to go to the tight end in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, he didn't play at all last year. So really, this will be his rookie year coming in. And, you know, as we as you mentioned, rookie tight ends do not fare very well. So I think those are the sort of the names outside of that. It's, you know, maybe Thaddeus Moss will become a thing just because he's, you know, the son of Randy Moss. But mm-hmm. other than that, then. Yeah, it's not really much of anything there. Yeah, Thad Moss is a good name to know in like a deeper league. I think he's is he still with Washington, do you know? Yeah, I think he's still there. I don't think they cut him. Um so yeah. but he, he missed all of last year due to an injury and I don't even know if his injury is gonna keep him from ever performing as a pro. Yeah. Um, it so. was a foot injury, right? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's some kind of foot injury that just yeah. Um it kept Ooh. him out of out of um <clears throat> excuse me out of the um combine last year as well so um yeah that's what dropped him all the way i, I don't even think he was drafted i think he was a udfa he was because I, I he was one of the guys that i really liked coming out so i was tracking him yeah so we'll see especially with logan thomas there it's going to be really difficult yeah, I um he had a Jones fracture, which is rough. I know Jones fractures, they usually tend to wipe out two seasons worth of production. So if you're in a dynasty league and you believe in Thad Moss, wait till this offseason. You can probably get, get him for free because um, I, I think he'll struggle this year recovering from that Jones fracture. Yeah, especially being a tight end, you, you know, it's a dynasty league player's Owners like to hang on to their players, but when you're dealing with a tight end, especially if it's not a two tight end kind of league, mm-hmm. then you know yeah, they they come and go. They're not they're not worth much. So you could definitely check the waiver wire, and I'm sure he's probably on a lot of them. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's a he's going to be a coming into this year. He might be on a waiver wire right now. He's a UDFA who missed all of last year. He might be, depending on the size of your league, he might be on your waiver wire right now in a dynasty league. You know. Yeah, I I drafted him in a couple of leagues, but it was like the fifth round, so yeah, kind of like last round flyer kind of guy. Yeah, you're like, do I take you know this team's third running back or take a flyer on Thad Moss? That 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 type of deal. Yeah, take James Robinson or Thad Moss. I decided to go with Thad Moss. So yeah, so Evan, he is available in our dynasty league. Just FYI. Um, speaking of our dynasty, because my my guy the guy I have now is garbage, no future at all. Is it Goddard? It's Kittle. Oh, okay. He is bad. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So, so funny thing, just to bring up the dynasty league that Evan and I are in with uh, the something awful people. I own three other teams' draft picks in the first and second round this year. 
which sounds pretty good, right? Except they finished first, second, and third. <laughs> oh no! So you're like ten, eleven, and twelve. Well, I got, I got like, I think I got, I, I wrote it down. I have the my extra picks are one ten, two eleven, and two twelve. So it's just like. <laughs> Maybe you could practice two eleven and two twelve to move up to like two five and three one, and get. Um, I mean, there's a lot of wide receivers. If you need a wide receiver, there's a lot of wide receivers available in that mid second round. There's there's some gold there. Yeah, I'm um, yeah. So I just peek behind the curtain, Evan. Cover your ears. Uh, probably gonna go. Ru- so I got one three and one ten. I'm probably gonna go running back, and then I desperately need a quarterback. So I'm I'll burn my second first round pick to get Trevor Lawrence to upgrade from Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo. Oof. I will definitely burn that 110 to upgrade from those guys. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Well, well, um, Cam Newton re-signed, so he'll be whatever. I mean, who knows what he's he's going to probably have more rushing yards than he's going to have passing yards. And yeah, then, uh, but Jimmy Garoppolo is their their number one. Their what's their plan A is what the Packers or the Patriots said. So maybe it'll be a Garoppolo Cam Newton uh, camp battle. <laughs> there you go. There you go. They'll battle out. One will be one will be in passing downs. The other one will be on running downs. Or God, uh, Bill Belichick will just bring out this this like big dusty tomb that just says two quarterback sets, and he just plays them both every single every single play. <laughs> and he They're just all rotating in the backfield. Well, it's third and eight, so we yeah. need Garoppolo for this play. So we'll put Garoppolo back in, put Newton in the running back position, and then we'll have a total flex going on. Yeah, he'll he'll have some quote that's like, "Look, you guys know I'm a football nerd. My entire career has been leading up to this moment, so I can play two quarterbacks at the exact same time." <laughs> oh boy! So uh, our discussion went completely off, but that tells you all you need to know about what the tight end class looks like. Um, just keep names in mind. None of these guys are priority ads. It's not like uh, Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson last year, where there was just like, you know, like we needed to worry about these guys. These are just guys you should know. Troutman, Komet. To a lesser extent, uh, Parham, and then Mike mentioned Colby Parkinson, and then Albert Oakwood-Bunham, and the uh, H. Bryants. That's pretty much it. Maybe Devin Asiasi, but the Patriots have 86 targets to the tight end in the last two seasons. So I'm not, like, combined. So I'm not too worried about a, a Patriots tight end. It's just not what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think the only good thing about Asiasi's position, it's sort of like Troutman's, where there's no other tight end. I mean, you have Izzo, I think, is their is their starting tight end right now. So it's it's like there's there's nobody. And as you mentioned, though, um, the problem is is that they don't need anybody because they're not going to the tight end um, since Gronkowski's been, you know, either retired or now Tampa Bay. They have they just like whatever. It's not our position anymore. Yeah. Uh, question for you guys. I pose I posed this on Twitter and I only got one answer uh, while we're talking about the Patriots. Your normal 10 to 12 lit team league, nothing too crazy, nothing too fancy. Is there a Patriot that we should get go out of our way to roster? Keeping in mind that Damian Harris is a seventh round pick right now. So any other like any other Patriot outside of yeah, Damian like what like the leagues that most people play in. So like not not us, but like one quarterback, 10 to 12 team leagues. I mean. The, I mean, Demir Bird on a, a Hail Mary as a 14th round pick, I, I guess. Like, that's the closest I can come. Yeah. Um, 
No, I mean, yeah. um, I think I think the only the only one that I would sort of and this this is just because it's early. We don't really know what they're going to do. But one of the things that's always been a staple in the Patriots offense is to, to throw to the smaller back to get the receiving in the back, you know, involved. And the only one there right now to do so is J.J. Taylor. So if he's going to be involved in the offense, then I would I would put him on, you know, again, we're talking 14, 15 round. Um, so, yeah, is there is there people that you can make dart throws? Yeah. As you mentioned, Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird and if J.J. Taylor is using that role. But really, do I care about these guys? Do I am I going to be hunting these guys down? Do I care if they make a roster in the beginning of the season? No. So, yeah, no. I think you're absolutely right. It's only uh, Damian Harris right now. Captain Newton resigning kind of quenched any pilot light that might have ignited at some point down the line for me. Yeah, it's it's so what's funny is Cam Newton, I he limits the upside of the wide receivers and he limits the upside of the running backs without making yep. anybody appreciably better. It's it's insanely wild. Like if they'd gone out and gotten like Ryan Fitzpatrick, that would be better for everybody. You know? Then you get like get a little bit excited about you know, one of the wide receivers, but <clears throat> yeah, it's like they're not, the wide receivers aren't exciting anyways. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, if you threw them on the chiefs, they wouldn't be exciting. No. Um, but so just by themselves, they're not exciting. And then as, as I pointed out, then you throw in Cam Newton and it's just like, just, you know, really throwing the water on the fire, um, buckets and buckets of water on the fire. And it's just, nah, I'm good. I, I have no yeah. interest. Yeah, and if you want to get excited about Damian Harris, if you take Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, James White, and Sony Michelle's carries inside the five last year and give them all to Damian Harris, he has seven carries inside the five. He's like 40th in the league in five zone carries. Kim wow. Newton had 19. He is the goal line back there. Yeah. Like, period. End of sentence. Don't don't try to argue with me about it. Like I'm not saying you guys, but it's like that's the fact. I'm gonna. All right, Evan's gonna argue with me about it. No, I'm just <laughs> looking at points per game. I'm, I'm the, the Cam Newton thing. I'm like, you wanted more of that. You guys were bottom six in terms of points scored last year. You you brought that back. Well, apparently everybody on the team loves Cam Newton, and I guess Bill Belichick's given a lot of benefit of the doubt to his COVID stint causing trouble. Which it's entirely possible. I mean, he wasn't. Bill Belichick would know if a guy is coachable or not coachable. So. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at his coaching resume. I mean, he's got Aaron Hernandez. (laughs) All right, let's let's. Aaron Aaron Hernandez was a killer, man. I tell you. (laughs) Straight killer (laughs) to the end. Oh boy. All right. Um. Let's go ahead. Let's move on to talking rookie running backs from 2020 it was an interesting class as i was going through it it was somehow deeper and more shallow than i thought because there's a it's it's kind of top heavy but then when you get really deep there's still interesting guys um so if you're not a patron if you're just listening this week what we did last week with the wide receivers is we drafted guys in the order that we would be excited to talk about them um and then that's how we that's how we end up talking about guys um since walker is not here i'm just going to go ahead and read off walker's um his order of preference just so that it's out there on wax as the kids say um the guys that walker would want to talk about we just did top nine 
Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Evans Burps, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, James Robinson, J.K. Dobbins. Not, usually it's just a video seven. podcast. Usually there's no audio, so I'm not used to this. A.J. Dillon and Zach Moss. So those are those are Walker's guys. So that's Walker's order. But we are going to go ahead and um, basically what I what I did was I, I decided the draft order is going to be Mike, then Evan, then myself. And I did this because I think with the number one running back in fantasy points scored last season on his favorite team, I thought I would give Mike first rider of refusal on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of I think it's really close to be honest with you, between Jonathan Taylor and James Robinson. Um, it's really close, actually. And I debated, went back and forth, went back and forth. But, you know, I am wearing a Colts hat for a reason. And the reason why I'm wearing that Colts hat is because it is Jonathan Taylor. And he's rushing 1,169 yards last year, 11 touchdowns um, on the ground. Then he caught 36 passes for 299 yards. And another touchdown. So that's 12 touchdowns on the season. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of that total came from basically week nine or 10 to the end of the season. He looked really good in the playoffs when he wasn't being targeted um, and dropping the ball. But outside of that, he, he was just very dominant. Um, the AFC South, that defense and all of those defenses in the AFC South are not very good outside of the Colts. Um, so he'll have a lot of room to run. That's eight games that he'll have that will, you know, just benefit his him and his stats. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's another running back outside of Jonathan Taylor that just had a Jekyll and a Hyde season um, first eight or nine weeks. We're like, okay, is this guy blind? Why is he running in this hole when this gaping hole is is right here to picking all the right holes, running over players, amusing his speed, doing everything. The reason why the Colts drafted him in the first place. So I can't go wrong with Jonathan Taylor. No. And um, I I was writing up Jonathan Taylor and I was like, I don't understand the point as to why I'm doing this because it's just going to be. Mike's guy. But um, what some people will point out, Mike, and I just wanted to help uh, Jonathan Taylor's point a little bit, is dude had 253 total yards and two touchdowns in week 17. Like, yep. that'll definitely boost up a line. But sure. so Marlon Mack tore his ACL in week one. And yes. um, and uh, if starting from week two through week 16, so not including the, the first game and not including the game where he blew up. He still averaged 86.6 yards per game. So I think his his pass catching is limited. I do have a question if Hines will con- continue to steal from him or if they consolidate that because um, the Hines has gotten a lot of targets throughout his, his young career it, when you consider how few carries he gets. Um, I will, will that continue to trouble uh, Jonathan Taylor? Will Carson Wentz change things? how they handle things. And will Marlon Mack be back? I'm not so convinced he will be. I think the Colts want him to be back, but I think he'll end up going somewhere where he, I mean, he, he, he saw what Jonathan Taylor did as much as we did. He knows the writings on the wall. You know, he knows he's going to be a one B at best there. So he might go to like Seattle where he can be the man. Or Atlanta where they use that power gap offense. Um, That would be another, another good landing spot. As far as Taylor and Hines, you know, I think there's probably, 85 uh, receptions going to be divvied up between the backfield. 
and I could see 55 uh, to 60 going to Hines, and then the rest going to Taylor. You know, maybe a couple to you know players, whoever whoever's the the third back there. You know, if it's not Marlon Mack, whoever they decide that is going to be the third back. Um, but yeah, I, I can see a good 55 to Hines and like 30 to Taylor. He caught 36 last year. I think reduction a little bit there. Um, if especially if Paris Campbell can play a full season, then you're going to see a lot lot of targets um, being dropped off because they'll be going to Campbell. But yeah, I'd see probably like 50 to 30 um, split there. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So uh, Evan, any anything else you want to add about Jonathan Taylor, or do you want to pick the next guy? It's amazing. Mike's opened with this. It's amazing how bad his tape looked week eight there was a there was a high a low light reel going around where it was garbage and then he figured it out i'm eager to see uh how much stronger he can start with training camp and a preseason you know i guess they had training camp last year but with the preseason to kind of figure it out so he doesn't have to hit the ground running mm-hmm. i i think i well they didn't even want him to start in week one marlon i mean marlon mack and naheem hines were were the guys and then of course marlon mack tears his acl and they're like, well, we got this rookie guy. Throw him in there. And he caught a pass, uh, and it went for like 70 yards, and it looked great. And then he really didn't do anything. And then they um, they decided because Naheem Hines had two really good games in a row against the Packers, they were going to go with start Naheem Hines. Now, Hines actually got the start against Green Bay, and um, Taylor came in and subbed for him. And they were like, oh. When did he learn to do all this? <laughs> this is a totally different Taylor than we saw for like the last nine weeks. And they gave him the ball more and more and more in that game. And they're like, okay, we got this guy. And then out from there, they he was the starter. Yeah, that'll, that will, uh, I think, put Jonathan Taylor to bed. So, um, Evan, who would you like to talk about with your first pick? I think this is really a 1A, 1B situation where one half of the top tier of second-year running backs is Jonathan Taylor. And I think the other half that rounds out the tier one is... Uh, Jermichael Hastings. Oh, yep. <laughs> James, James, Jim, Handsome James, I think they call him Robinson. How dare uh, you? You yeah. know exactly who Handsome James is. He did it, even when we all thought he wasn't going to do it. And he did it consistency it wasn't like jonathan taylor where he came up and then just exploded i think that's why jonathan taylor has this edge and i don't think i'm saying anything too hot topic here uh james robinson was great from the get-go and he did it all with his quarterbacks were mike glennon and jake luton luton jake luton gluten jake luton and mike luton were his team were his quarterbacks and Say what you will, Trevor Lawrence, even having a bad season, is not going to be as bad as those two. So, yeah. Oh, and I think they had a third quarterback, but the fantasy community has all decided to collectively memory hole them. So we're not going to worry about that guy, you know. He's locked away in the disappointments room. (laughs) They might as well be Rosemary Kennedy. Uh, So, anyway. Hot hot Rosemary Kennedy, (laughs) Ralph. I know, man. A rip from the headlines um, of of 1956. Uh, James Robinson? Will be the focus of that offense while they get Trevor Lawrence going. This is a thing that happens. It's not weird. Uh, 
the owner or GM, I forget whom, I don't have the quote handy, said they were looking to put another running back in the backfield. And I, I would be shocked if they did not. Why not? Round it out. You know, if he gets injured, the whole then Trevor Lawrence's entire development could be stunted. But yeah. I think it's going to cause an implosion in value for James Robinson. He's barely in the top 12 running backs. Uh, I'm right here. I'm at fantasypros.com, and they, they have him, I think, they have him 11th. So he might fall to mid-second round, back of the second round, based on on, on the sky is falling rhetoric. And that's that's where and, – and, and to translate into Evan Evanese, uh, that's about low $40 territory and a $200 budget. Uh, I think that's where people are going to be lucky to scoop him up uh, before there's a little bit of a bounce back when the preseason starts. And people are like, oh, yeah, no, this is the guy who beat out Super Bowl winner Leonard, Leonard Fournette. So he must be good. What a weird sentence. <laughs> what a weird sentence to explain to 2019 Evan. Like, yeah. anyway. Uh, 135 yards and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. By the way, this is Handsome James. I would just like to point out, this is the man that they call Handsome James. That's not James Robinson? No, that's Handsome that's James Garoppolo. Is that the guy that made Aaron Andrews blush? That's right. He said, uh, what does it say? Feels good, baby. Because she asked how it, how it felt to start 8-0. No. Feels good, baby. Um... Uh, so James Robinson, guys, he's, um, he's a third for me. Sorry, guys. He's actually kind of a step down between behind, uh, uh, two other guys just because he has a question mark. I fully believe in James Robinson. Okay. I fully believe in him, but as for a guy that I'm excited to talk about for 2021, he was not that guy. I agree with Evan. First of all, an absolute ding dong is running the 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 uh the Jaguars now, and I feel like I can say that from experience because it's former 49ers GM Trent Baalke, who presided over the team rotting from the inside out because he couldn't stop taking guys with torn ACLs. He absolutely loved him. The Niners wasted so many second, third, and fourth round picks on guys who never played in the NFL to the level they should have because they were always injured. On they were injured when he drafted them. But at the same time, James Robinson holds the rookie record for rushing for an undrafted free agent. Four, he had 1,400 yards in 14 games. Like, that's he was, insane. He was more consistent on a weekly basis than Alvin Kamara. Mm. Yeah, I, well, I'll defend my boy Alvin Kamara. He did get hurt partway through the year. I will defend my boy. I will defend my boy. But I, uh, it's just, there's just a small question mark about him, okay? So I'm not saying that I don't like him. He is tier one for me. My tier one is just bigger than yours. My tier one has four guys in it. He's just my fourth guy in my tier um, behind the two guys that I get to talk about now. Uh, I'll go. Um, I'm actually calling an audible because my number two guy is not a guy I want to talk about as number two. It's um, uh, DeAndre Swift. I liked DeAndre Swift. He's my number three guy technically, but this is where I'm getting fun and I'm getting caught up in the hype. Okay. His new offensive coordinator. You guys know who his new offensive coordinator is? Uh, no. Anthony Lynn? Anthony, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn has spent the last two years doing everything in his power to get Austin Eckler the football in space. He has lined him up in the slot. He has given him 10 targets a game. He is doing everything. He did everything he could to get Austin Eckler the ball, and he became a fantasy star because of it. Now, here's something. Is that why he traded for Jared Goff? Because he needs a quarterback who can check down. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
But here's here's the do you want to guys want to hear a stat about DeAndre Swift that sounds fake? And Mike, if you were cruising Twitter, you saw this stat. It sounds fake. DeAndre Swift was the running back 19 in PPR leagues last year on a per game basis. Antonio Gibson was 20 on a per game basis. Now, there's a reason for that. It's because Antonio Gibson got hurt four snaps into the Steelers game. So he didn't. Re- so it registers as a game, but not a lot of stats. But DeAndre Swift is was right there because he catches so many footballs. And with uh, Anthony Lynn in tow. And you know, he caught thir- less than James Robinson, right? Well, he also wasn't used full time. James Robinson had like 85 percent of the snaps in, in Jacksonville. Okay, fair enough. He didn't have to contend with carry on Johnson and I don't know, is Theoretic still there? I feel like Theoretic's always there. <laughs> there Theoretic, such... I think, is isn't Riddick a Raider or was a Raider? I oh, wouldn't know. I think... Yeah. I think Riddick was a Raider. I don't know why I'm you're just randomly throwing shade at me naming horrible players we signed, but all right, yeah. <laughs> oh, here you want me to throw some shade talking about horrible Raiders? <laughs> Derek Carr. Got him. But yeah, look at this. Uh, these are the guys, you know, um, or these are targets. Uh, You're thinking of Adrian Russia? Peterson. Was it AP? No, I was. AP wasn't on the lines. Oh, he was. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. Oh, I thought you were yeah. doing a bit there. I thought this was a no, bit. No, <laughs> I completely forgot it was Adrian Peterson. I knew it was some washed up scrub. I forgot it was AP. So, yeah, AP had 156 carries. Uh, carry on Johnson had 52 uh, DeAndre Swift had 114 you know uh, Mike I do I do yes uh, James Robinson caught fewer ball or more balls but I mean this backfield was just like it was like somebody took a Ginsu knife to it and just kind of chopped it all up all year so on they less didn't know run, what they were doing with that half the time they didn't know what they were doing with DeAndre Swift it, no. it was really com- complexing even even uh, Adrian Peterson came out and was like when Swift finally got the first start in like week 12 or week 13, Adrian Peterson comes out and is like, why wasn't he getting a start five, six weeks ago? I mean, I think, yeah, I think he said something along the lines of why are you guys giving me the ball so much? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you got this dude who's obviously, you know, a lot better than I am at my age. Uh, why am I still involved in this situation? Yeah, it's um, it's um, uh, pretty, uh, pretty crazy um what what they contended with last year but i think yeah i think with anthony lynn at oc i think and and uh, you know a quarterback who let's just say uh doesn't go downfield as much as matthew stafford i guess is the kindest way to put it and who maybe gets flustered and likes to dump off the football in jared goff i think there's a big season in 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 line with deandre swift yeah i think so i deandre swift was a red zone magnet even with stafford there and uh, and they use him so much. And with Goff, they're going to want to lean on anyone but Goff even more inside the red zone. So, yeah, he's going to see an uptick probably. Yeah, I, I heard the best take on because I, I the question was posed, if you're the Lions, why are you trading for Jared Goff? Why are you doing that? Like, I understand you had a, you know, a split with Matthew Stafford. You had to move on from Matthew Stafford. But why are you taking on Jared Goff? And the answer that I heard, and I, I've sort of accepted this and internalized it is for lack of a better term he's a patsy he's the guy that's gonna get the money while the while the lions bottom out get their quarterback in the next two years and then he's gone like that's the point of jared goff and and that to me that screams not a great offense but it does scream uh, like an offense that's going to create a lot of opportunity for deandre swift especially because uh let's look at the target pecking order right now tj hawkinson 
I'm not TJ frozen. Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm that's not it. frozen. It's TJ Hawkinson and then yep. DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. Yep. I mean, you've got Quintez Ephus there. Um, you've got uh, Tyrell Williams, who's just going to be a deep threat. You know, it's 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 there's a lot of opportunity there for him. So um, I think he's going to take a big step forward in terms of just volume. Just volume wise, it'll help him out. So that's my that's my first guy I want to talk about. Second guy in my top tier is uh, a guy that I looked back at our mock draft and I, I already know him. who this is. You, who is it? Cam Makers. No. What? Not Cam Makers. I'm shocked. It's not it's, Cakers. It's not Cakers. It's Tony. It's Tony Gibson, baby. Oh, because okay. my biggest problem with uh, Antonio Gibson. I almost called him Tony again. With Antonio Gibson going into the draft was not his talent. I loved his talent. If you look back at our first mock draft we did right after the draft, guess who took Antonio Gibson in like the 13th round? This guy. It was, could he hold up to an NFL workload? He did not have the production. His injury was one of those freak turf toe injuries where you're running and somebody lands on the back of your foot. There's 99 yeah. out of 100 people are getting hurt there. That's nothing that you can hold up against Antonio Gibson. Right. Like there's there's nothing you can do about that. And he held up. He held up. But here's the thing. He only had 44 targets last year. JD McKissick had 110. If you just look at these two players, tell me who should be getting the bulk of those. Should it be that big of a split? Now, JD McKissick looked pretty good at times with his targets. Sometimes when I was watching Game Pass, I would I would see McKissick get a target. I'm like, wow, Gibson looked great on that play. I'm like, no, that's 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 JD McKissick. But trying to assume that JD McKissick is going to provide you with 110 reliable targets again in 2021 seems silly. It's not something he's been able to do so far in his career. He hasn't been a reliable. He's he he was hurt all the time with Seattle. So I think that with that with Antonio Gibson just really showing out last year and he did everything they asked of him. I thought he was, you know, I looked back cause I was like, well, maybe he didn't run between the tackles very well. He ran between the tackles just fine in the Dallas game. The second Dallas game, nine carries for 91 yards, just inside the tackles. Well, he's a goal line threat. So yeah. that, that just explains your, your between the tackles kind of guy, because yeah. if, if, you know, if he's down at the goal line, you know, rushing for touchdowns, then, He's not going around the end trying to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, too, there's goal line. So there's goal line guys who I'm trying to put this in a way that makes the most sense. There are goal line guys who are not good between the tackles, if that makes sense. They can get they're They're the two yards. Like, if you need two yards, I'll get you two yards. If you need four yards, I'll get you two yards. They're just the battering rams. They're not necessarily good between the tackle, but they can get into the they can get you two yards. They can get you through the goal line, but they're not. Once they get to the second level, they're boned. You know, they'll they'll. Well, I they'll think a perfect of example of that is Jordan Howard. Perfect example. That's exactly what Jordan Howard is. Jordan Howard. I mean, that's how the Dolphins used him last year. Yep. Like he he had two yards or less on like forty percent of his carries last year. I looked it up this week. It's insane. Or no, it was two yards to go or less. That's what it was. So it was. Uh, two yards to a first down or two yards to to um, the goal line. That, that's Jordan Howard. He can bounce off a defensive lineman, but he will he doesn't make any linebacker miss. He's going down to the linebackers that are filling the gaps, but he'll get you into the goal. So I think I explained that in a way that makes sense. But it's in so far as Antonio Gibson getting through the line of scrimmage and then getting through to the second level. That's yeah. that's what I mean, where he can do it all. Um, right. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah I think you, you hit it. 
he's he's someone that is not only just gonna he's not he's not just a fall forward kind of guy. He's yeah, gonna exactly. once he gets through, then he can make the defenders, you know, linebackers, as you mentioned, second level miss, third level, um, and hit the home run. Uh so yeah, I like him an awful lot. In fact, thirty six receptions put him tied with Jonathan Taylor and C Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And as you mentioned with um uh uh, what's his name? The other running back there. Um, McKissick. McKissick. Yeah. He, you know, he, he had a hundred, like you said, 110 targets. That's just insane. Um, that's that's and, too many. You just, you just look at that. You're like, that's too many targets. <laughs> yeah. There's no way in the world that's going to happen again. So, um, yeah, I like him. I think, yeah, he's, he's definitely a third, third down back guy. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think starting next year, I think, uh, McKissick moves to more of a rotational role and, you know, uh, he'll come in probably in like when they do like two running back sets, but I don't think he's, he's not getting anywhere near 110 targets next year. And you know what, if he does, I'll be happy. I liked watching JD McKissick. You know what? I won't be upset. I just don't think that it's, I don't think that it's in the cards. So, um, so yeah, so through, uh, four picks, we got Taylor, we got J-Rob, we got Swift, and Antonio Gibson. So, Evan, we are back to you. And who would you like to talk about now? Mute. You're on mute. Ah, haha. The video. I blame the video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, and, and now I can't edit it out of the podcast. because it's just okay. All right. <laughs> Spicy stuff. Uh, I'll take whatever running back Sean McVay is is developing. In this case, that's Cam Akers, and and this should come probably no surprise. Once he kind of gained his earned share of the touches in in, in the late part of the year, uh, he took off with it with uh, three straight games over 14 fantasy points, and then he got a high ankle sprain, so that wasn't so good. But it looks like it's going to be fine. Those don't take an off season to mend. So. I'm liking Cam Akers, and I'm pulling up my tape notes on him. Uh, I want to see him have a preseason. And this is kind of where we're getting in terms of the sophomore running backs draft, where I'm like, oh, I like this guy, but he wasn't looking too confident by the end of the year, whereas the Jonathan Taylors were looking confident, running with their head up, scanning for lanes, doing all the stuff you look for if you were like me and you're learning how to learn about people on tape uh and so but then again like i said these people didn't have a preseason these people were just thrown into it so of course they were they were not given a lot of cut touches in the beginning when everything was getting sorted out so i want to see him once he's gotten uh, the full mcveigh and the rams staff uh preseason training camp uh regime i i think he can easily uh, he has the most opportunity and he, I don't want to say look better than Dobbins. Dobbins looked way more confident, but I don't think Dobbins has the has much opportunity. Uh, uh, that's who I'm back and forth with. But so if, if they can straighten Anchors out a little bit more, uh, just give him a little more confidence, a little slow the game down a little bit more for him. I think he has the highest potential to jump into the top 12 of all the remaining players this year. Mike, what do you think about Cam Akers for 2021? I think it depends on what acres shows up um, on the field. Do we see the acres that got like three carries in five games or 
do we see the acres at once once the uh at the end of the season whatever it was week 13 or 14 and through the playoffs and he had i, I don't know how many carries acres had by the end of the year it was insane but um he did everything with him he was amazing um uh, so I, I think, they, and then you have a, a full loaded backfield with Joshua Kelly and Malcolm Brown, and you know I I think Acres is better than both of those guys, but it, it, I just I just don't know McVeigh and how he's going to structure that situation because it was it was really weird. It was okay, Malcolm Brown's getting carries, and then it was you know um, Henderson getting carries, and then it was Acres getting it. So. Akers is a guy as long as he's a guy. If if they decide to, you know, detract, then it's going to be a problem mess. And on that, backing that up with, uh, with the stat here, Akers ended up with 145 rushing attempts, 86 of which happened in his last four games. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I did the math. Um, <clears throat> in uh, his first seven games, 62 touches. Final six games, 143 touches. Yep. It's a 169% increase. Nice. And um, in those games, he averaged in his 143 touch games, uh, he averaged 118 total yards per game. There he had a dud in there, which is, you know, that that happens to everybody except for James Robinson. But he had a dud in there, but he was really good with the production. My only question is if uh, Sean McVay, as a, my, my good friend, my co-host of the Reactionaries podcast says, he's a sociopath. Because he owned Cam Akers, or he had Cam Akers on his roster in our Keeper League last year. And he's like, so he followed really closely. And he's like, Sean McVay keeps talking like he's going to give Cam Akers more touches. And he yeah. refuses to give Cam Akers more yep. touches. So I'm afraid, because Henderson, I think, got banged up down the stretch last year. So I'm afraid that it's going to switch back to a two-running back set. I don't want to be afraid. I will probably still up drafting Cam Akers. But that's why he ended up at five for me, not top four. Because those top four guys, I don't have questions about or the questions that i have i'm like how good can deandre swift be with anthony lynn those are the questions that i have with cam Akers, it's the stupid daryl henderson thing that's just floating over my head yeah and you know don't forget about malcolm brown too and i mean none of these guys are, are as good as as cam Akers, but i think sociopath is a very good uh explanation for mcveigh because people are like well why isn't he playing oh he's going to get his carries yeah. You watch this week. He's going to be the man. And then one carry. It's like, oh, well, because the situation didn't present itself. What do you mean the situation didn't present itself? I mean, the guy can run and can catch the ball out of the backfield. What what exactly position do you need for this to present itself? And there yeah, may so. be, on that note, there may be a, a telegraph that's going on. Uh, Cam Akers face. This is from uh, the Twitter for yards per yards per. Twitter at yards per or whatever it's called. Uh, Cam Akers of all running backs uh, faced uh, a stacked box, you know, eight or more defenders, fourth most. So either it really didn't present itself or they're like, okay, Sean McVay said, said Akers is going this week. Let's stop that from happening. Thanks for telling us, Sean McVay. See yeah. It's, it's so funny when coaches are like, yeah, I really think he's earned more touches. Uh, we just got to do better at getting him the ball. It's like, who do you think is in charge of that? Like, who, who, who are you getting responsible for that? And Mike, I'd just like to point out, since this is now a visual podcast, Fancy Pros just mocked up this great uh, Photoshop for you. This is Kenneth Galladay on the Colts. So I thought I like I'd make it. that the background. I thought I'd make that the background for you. I like uh, move it a off lot. Of, of Handsome James. So, um, so yeah, Mike, 
your turn. Let's what what are the two guys you want to talk about? I was gonna I was like, is that Ashton Doolin with, with the wrong number <laughs> on his Because Ashton Doolin for some reason was a thing for, for a couple days. Um, yeah, Ashton Doolin, a person I had never heard of. I look at every running back or rookie and he just kind of fell in and out of my head. Yeah, I I, I yeah, there is no reason why Ashton Doolin should be even in conversations of any kind of thing unless you're talking about special teams, but yeah outside of that or fifth wide receivers so um but since we're not talking about special teams or wide receivers we are talking about running backs at my position number uh, six yes um i'm going with the person that was the overall number one by far first round pick even you know some even put him as as the fourth pick of the draft he was just the king of all kings and then fell right on his face Clyde Edwards Hilaire um uh, you're jumping on this one <laughs> um i was like this might fall to me and then i have to figure this out <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest problem with clyde edwards hilaire we're talking about running in between the tackles and goal line situation and what was one of the reasons why if damian williams right was he the one that because i get these williams kids mixed up um was damian williams the one that stood out for covid yes Okay, so Damian Williams, uh, before mentioning that um, he was going to hold out, I was like, okay, CEH has a big problem um, down at the goal line. And I could see Damian Williams coming in and just vulturing all those touchdowns away from him. Well, Damian Williams, of course, held out, and then that's when it exploded. And so, but it held for him. He just cannot get into the end zone unless he's, you know, five plus yards out of, out of range and scored only uh, five total. One was through, through the air, caught 36 passes and gained 800, uh, 800. Yeah. 803 yards. Uh, that's it. I mean, he's, he went from the best overall back by far um, to, yeah, I think six is probably appropriate place that I would put him. Yeah, I mean, um, Evan, where do you have CEH? Uh, well, Jeff, that's the joy of mainly doing auctions. <laughs> it's like I can just have it, whatever value I think that I'm not going to get him for. Uh, I would say, oh, gosh, man. Oh, gosh. I was just, and it's not like you just caught me by surprise. I was literally frantically Googling in case he fell to me, and still I was just like, I don't know. I guess if he Damian Williams is gonna be back. So But he stinks. And he stinks. Everybody stinks. Uh oh, and 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 they and the Chiefs just let go of all their offensive linemen or just gonna yeah. run a jet sweep every play or something. I have no idea. Like, they keep jumping in group chat. Well, they just lost their tackles. Oh, yeah. there goes their center. <laughs> yeah, so I'm still I'm still recalibrating, but right now it'd have to be like the seventh round, like under ten dollars. And and that that's probably reactionary due to the Chiefs moves these two days and probably will rebound. But right now, that's why I'm like, uh, I don't even $10. know. Ten dollars. Wow. So he's he's gonna get outbidded. He probably will start off with like twenty five. I would think. The, that's almost as reactionary as the reactionaries podcast, where you can get podcasts currently in the middle of Martini Madness. Um, that's a little plug. Speaking uh, of Martini Madness, look for our March Madness contest coming up in the Discord on Sunday. I will not be a part of that because every year I'm like, all right, I got the bracket. 
I'll, let me let me fill it out. I'll get around to oh, the game started. <laughs> like every single year, I'm like, I'm gonna do it this year. I'm not gonna miss. And then it's like, oh, the game started. Um, I, I gotta do it because I'm I'm the champ. The champ is here. Yeah, you are the reigning champ. The aren't champ you? is here. All right. Yeah. Well, then I gotta yeah, do it so I can take down Mike. So remember. Nice job. Yeah, I'm switching it, Mike. To uh, instead of beer, I'm gonna give away pizza after our Discord bets. Sweet. Local, find a local restaurant and support them. Is your is your um, beef jerky shop still around? Yeah, I can t- I can I can I can I can uh, pivot to that if you win. I like that beef jerky. That's I'll the best stuff in the world. Yeah, whatever she wants, I'll I'll I'll, I'll p- proudly give. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm negotiable. I just want to support local businesses, so I'm negotiable. There you go. There you go. So um, my point. So I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire seventh, and I seem to like him better than you guys. Which is crazy. So I have him as my seventh guy. Um, I'm, um, he still averaged 84.6 yards per game last year. And, that's a th- and, and it's a 1350-yard pace. I don't think Damian Williams coming back hurts him. I think they realized that the Lev Bell experiment was very stupid. And I don't even know what that was. I mean, they brought him in to play the run like 10 times the like for eight weeks. He had brought, what? I probably he probably I would if I would to guess if I was on a trivia show I would say he had 15 attempts. Uh, total? Yeah, with the Chiefs. Oh no, he had way more than that. He can't, he played, but the thing is, is Mike, your instinct is correct. With the Chiefs, he played just enough. He had 63 attempts. Okay. He I'll played. Play. Yeah, 63 attempts, 17 targets. He played just enough to not allow Ceh to get into a rhythm. Like it completely blew up CEH. It completely blew up his spot last year because they insisted on not only giving Lev Bell touches, but Daryl Williams touches. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Lev Bell. So uh, CEH, we all remember his rookie game. Everybody got super excited because he had like 110 yards or something. And he struggled six, on the six carries inside the five. Yeah. yeah. That has and to translate, right? Get it in. <laughs> he couldn't get it. In. Well, he struggled. There was one play who did. They started against the Texans, right? I believe yeah. it was the Texans because yeah, yeah, I remember was. there was there was a play where CEH sees a hole. JJ Watt hits one offensive lineman into another offensive lineman yep. and just collapses the hole. And he's yeah. it's just like it, a lot of that. I mean, you give a running back behind a competent offensive line shit six shots at the goal line. I almost had to edit the podcast. <laughs> six shots at the goal line. They will score a touchdown behind a competent offensive line. Now, CEH in his first game, probably not. I'm not trying to be a CEH apologist, but so much of that was on the line in the first game. Good God. There's a reason why they've cut 60% of their line. <laughs> you know, it's it's just well, like... I, I don't know if that was so much of the line or if it was CEH, because, you know... I think, it was, I think it was a combination of CEH, the line, and that was one of the better games J.J. Watt played last year. That was the game that convinced me J.J. Watt still had it. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Sure. He was just blowing, he was blowing up everything left and right. So, um, so yeah, I think it was a, a confluence of factors and, you know, let's not underestimate rookie jitters. It was his first game. It was a, it was a Island game to start the season for the reigning NFL champions. Yep. Uh, these guys are pros, but it was his first game. Again, I don't want to be a CEH apologist. He disappointed last year. That's the, the long and the short of it. He was disappointing. But I have him lower than you guys, and it seems like I like him more than you guys. So that's just that's just a very uh Well, where do you have him? 
seventh. Look, this you like he's him six. much as I do. You like him less than I do. Oh, okay. I thought you had him seventh. You have him sixth, right? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I was thinking you had him. Uh, well, no, I'm I'm just saying from like the words that you're saying, like he's six and you're down on him. He's seven for me, and I'm like, dude, dude could be great next year. He, he 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 his year wasn't as bad as as it seemed is my take. Anyways, I, I no, think he I think there's room for him to grow. I just I I don't I see maybe but it's not the ceiling isn't as big as the rest of the guys above above him oh, no. as we have. No, 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 no. His ceiling's not as high. I mean, he was like I had him in talent-wise, I had him in the same tier as Zach Moss last year in the draft. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, he was like the second tier for me. He was behind, you know, behind the big boys, uh, Taylor Swift and Dobbins, who we'll get to. I, I had a tier with like Gibson, uh, Moss. I really liked Moss. I like Moss's running style. I'm a sucker for that kind of just like I'm a I'm gonna Power. <laughs> I'm gonna run I'm gonna run down your throat and out your rear end. I love that that play style, you know, that 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 power running. So I was a sucker for that. So I probably had Moss too high. I and that's something I'm working on. I'm working on myself, boys. But well, Moss, Gibson, Moss, it wasn't really his issue. I think he would have had a lot more touchdowns um, if Josh Allen wasn't running the ball and if he wasn't being Cam Newton. Um, yeah, yeah. So that really hindered uh, Zach Moss quite a bit. Yeah. Plus, the, the same thing. He never really got a good rhythm because they were always switching him out for uh, Devin Singletary. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Mike, who is your number seven guy? Um, I The only guy really worth... Probably, I mean, we'll see, I'm sure, but the rest of these guys, I think, are, are late-round flyers if draftable, but the only guy that I see is for sure on everybody's draft coming in next year is J.K. Dobbins, and I I don't like him. Um, he, he only caught 18 passes. He's not very good out of the backfield catching the ball. Um, he did score nine touchdowns, which is good. He does play on an offense that by far and away is the most heaviest rushing team. Uh, I think I was looking at their run run pass ratio, and they're almost like at 58. And the next team is at 53. So they're like five or six uh, percentage points heavier than the team under them. And then if you look at the rest of the teams, there's like two 1% difference between each team else. So when you're talking about five or six percentage points difference and everybody else is one or two percentage points, you're talking about a big time difference. Uh, I, you know, they Mark Ingram is gone. So those are all the good things, but it's still, I think they'll bring in somebody else. They'll have justice Hill there. They're going to have Gus Edwards there. Mm -hmm. And of course, Lamar Jackson is just going to take away a lot of that. I, I would like Dobbins more if he was a better catcher out of the backfield and didn't have so much contention to deal with. So I think he is limited as well. Nine touchdowns. Um, it was second most uh, uh, behind Taylor and Gibson. They each had 11. He had nine. So that's a good sign. But, yeah, I, I think he's very limited. And, and I have CEH above Dobbins because even though CEH's ceiling isn't as high as the guys above him. He does have more ceiling than J.K. Dobbins does, I believe. Yeah. Um, Dobbins, um, to, to your point, Mike, um, you, you, he had, in his last five games, he had six touchdowns and two targets. 
Jeez. <laughs> That's a ratio just, in itself. Yeah. He just doesn't catch the football because I don't think you're ever going to find a Raven as long as Lamar Jackson is there that is going or a, a Raven running back that catches footballs. It's just not going to happen because if Lamar Jackson is going to dump it off, he's just going to take off. That, right. That's what his game is. And so I think, yeah, I think that does limit Dobbins's upside, especially when you consider they have given Gus Edwards like 130 carries each of his first few seasons in the NFL. Like they use Gus Edwards and it's a consistent thing. Yeah. 137, 133, 144 in his first three years. They use Gus Edwards. So I'm with you, Mike. I think it limits his upside. I think it really does. And I loved J.K. Dobbins. And I'm I'm annoyed because I had a chance to, uh, after the draft, move J.K. Dobbins for uh, DeAndre Swift. And I didn't because I believed in the Ravens running game. And now I look a fool because J.K. Dobbins is my eighth running back. He's below CEH for me. Evan, where's your, where's, where's uh, J.K. Dobbins for you? Mute. Mute. <laughs> good. Okay, good. They blame CBS for that with their pop-ups. Uh, that one's on me, man. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Uh, CBS is a nightmare with the pop-ups. Oh, well, just wait. Just long enough for me to scroll down past where the pop-up's going to come on and then to the stats and then plow. Anyway, we like CBS. The, their podcast is good. Let's hear it for them. They're all right. J.K. Dobbins is right where he's going small, right now. Li- small little podcast, Upstart Network. CBS, a real indie <laughs> podcast, if, if you've never heard of them. I, I, I think they're doing good things there. I'm not sure, though. They need our promotion. Otherwise, they'll <laughs> go under. Uh, they The reasons why you said... You know, they, they, he was looking. He looked more confident than other people higher up this list, as I mentioned earlier. Looking for the lanes, uh, he took uh, he took Mark Ingram's job. Like literally, Mark Ingram does not have a job anymore because they they saw him develop. And uh, Gus Edwards is clearly though going to cut into stuff. Uh, Jackson's Lamar Jackson's progress is going to cut into stuff, though. But he's got he's got the skill set that's ready to break out now if if the other pieces can fall into place. So he's right he's right there. Maybe I put him above C E H. Maybe yeah, I put him above C E H. Wow. Um. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and stroll into the end zone here. Uh, because it's my turn to pick, right? No, it's no, Evan's it's turn. My Evan. turn. Sorry. I go last. I right, hope Evan. I didn't take your guy. But if I did, that means I get to talk less because you'll have input. Uh. Of course, this depends upon how the next three months is going to shake out. But, hey, I can get a little bit excited about just already typing it in. I can get excited about A.J. Dillon. There it is. Yep. I mean, the the other two people, the three two of the three-headed monster are not under contract currently. And the market might flood, and Green Bay might be able to get one of them, particularly Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams? Yeah. Jamal Williams back for, like, a couple million because there's a lot of running backs out there. But if not, then A.J. Dillon's clearly the, the heir apparent. They took him in the second round, you know? He had, hey, he had that one game. And I know, yeah, that's stupid. He had that one game. But we're, we're at that point now <laughs> in the list where I'm like, I'll take one game over no games. So, yeah, he'll, uh, he, uh, he was drafted to the job. He looks like a brick outhouse. Is that how the kids say it these days? I like, think it is. Have you seen the dude? The dude's got some, some like, some uh, third-year Adrian Peterson tree trunks coming off of him. They are just the dude's got the the the, the north-south power 
to move the pile once uh, Aaron Rodgers and company get it within the 10. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited. That's the excitement I can muster. My pulse flips a little bit up there. For yeah. Quadzilla? My, my flatline beeps up just a little bit. Yeah, Quadzilla. Yeah. Uh, now, what Quadzilla. Uh, I think we saw his upside with 130 yards and two touchdowns, but he also ended the year with outside of that game, 133 yards. So he had over half of his fantasy production in one game. Um, you can see the highs. I mean, it was against Tennessee. Doesn't have the greatest run defense last year, but you can see the highs and I, I just, I like him. I mean, I don't know. Shoot, what else can I say? Um, he's He's got big quads. I wrote massive quads, baby Derrick Henry, but I'm not as convinced as some of the people on Twitter this week because Aaron Jones didn't get a, a tag. People are putting him in their top 12, top 15. Yeah, I'm like, no, you guys are out of your mind. His ADP went from back of the seventh round before the, the, the news about Jones, and now it's, Middle of the seventh round, which I feel is, yeah, that's kind of where I feel, okay, that's that's the response. You want to jump him half a round or so. Well, I mean, especially, you got to consider that's a rolling average. So for in yeah. four days, for his his thing to go half a round, that's a lot. That's true, I mean, check, check back this time next week if Jamal Williams signs somewhere else. I, I mean, he's probably going to be in the fourth round range, Ooh, I would say, when things all think, said and done. I think you're right. That's a little too rich for my blood right now. It's a little spicy. It's a little spicy because he hasn't shown a ton. He had that one game, but he wasn't really asked to do a lot. That's the other thing. So this, uh, this stat is from at PFF Fantasy. We we know them, PFF Fantasy Football. Uh, if you've ever heard of them, Pro Football Focus. Yeah, yeah. Check a, him a out. plug for another small, another scrappy small guy. guys. Scrappy guys. I hope they make it. Um, AJ Dillon had the highest percentage of forced missed tackles per carry. Now it doesn't say what the baseline for eligibility was there, yeah, but he, yeah, yeah. 31% of his carries, uh, he forced a missed tackle. Yeah, how many of those were because somebody was just admiring his quads, though? <laughs> That's fair. They caught, hey, that, they caught take care how you can get it, man. Uh, so, Mike, That's what do you Jimmy think about G started eight? No. Uh, that's right. Uh, they, he just flashed his smiles at the defensive backs and their legs turned to jelly. And then that's why he was able to throw guys open. Yeah. I, I like Dylan. I liked him better than Moss. And if you, if you remember, we went kind of back and forth on who would have the better stats at the end of the year, Moss or Dylan, and you won that one. But, um, yeah, he's, he has a lot of speed, uh, for his size. I mean, he's not, he's not a burner. He's not, you know, Matt Breida back there, but, for the size that he has, he's he's got pretty good speed, uh, you know, power, those kind of things. Uh, I want to see him catch the ball a little bit more. See if they. I know he does have, you know, okay hands. Uh, so the backfield is then we're talking about a whole different ball game. But I think you're going to see. It will be very. It's going to be very interesting to see Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon back there because. Neither one of them are burners, and both mm-hmm. of them are pretty big, just kind of plotter kind of guys. Uh, Dylan, I think, has a lot more skill, but it's like, okay, where, where's the speed out of the running back going to come from? Um, so we'll see if they do something in free agency, but right now it's just these two big backs that are just going to, you know, run down the defense. And so I like him. I think uh, Twitter's probably overreacting. I, I think he's definitely draftable, um, but. 10th round maybe we'll see what happens what what progresses i have his arrow up 
because you know I, I haven't I know where he is now and I think he can only go up but um if you know we'll see we'll we'll see what they do yeah I mean um so I would say correct me if I'm wrong Dylan's the better runner out of him and Jamal Williams but Jamal Williams is more rounded he's better at catching the football and in space am i crazy to say that yeah no not at all i think jamal williams is a better receiver out of the backfield than dylan but if i want to have someone that's third and one that's going to run the ball i'm probably going to go with dylan oh yeah i mean aj dylan he worst case scenario he's his quads will push you know (laughs) push him forward yeah you know i mean he's he's a big strong boy is what we're saying so um i think breed is available maybe they'll go get breeda for you know slashing and dashing kind of thing let me tell you, so as so when Brita went to the Dolphins, I think people got way over their skis about what Brita could do. Brita is great in a limited role, like eight touches per game, where his goal is to get to the end zone. He's yeah. not the guy who is going to, you know, be get 15 to 20 carries a game without breaking. I think if they have a backfield rotation of Dylan. Jamal Char or Jamal Jamal Charles would be great. <laughs> Probably <laughs> Jamal Charles, but Jam- Dylan Jamal Williams and then a Matt Breida type. My Mike, I think you nailed it there. I think that's the perfect rotation for the Packers. Um, back there is is a Matt Breida type with with those guys. So um, very interesting to see what they do with AJ Dylan. But now I will talk about. I kind of put this at my line of relevance. A guy ended up at nine is default. Zach Moss. Not excited to talk about him, but am I excited to talk about Michael Pirine? Josh yeah. Kelly. Josh Kelly, who lost his job to Kalen Balaj, like, do I want to talk about that guy? I mean, Ahmed maybe, but he's he's one Aaron Jones uh, payday away from being the running back three in Miami. And then you got Miles Gaskin there too. Who's... Yeah, who's who's really good. Uh, DJ Dallas, who's right now the Seahawks running back two if Rashad Penny's healthy, but he'll probably be the running back three. Jamichael Hasty, 49ers running back three. It's like there's the Zach Moss is the last guy I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about Zach Moss. He's the worst guy that I've had rostered for the entire year in a redraft league. Dude had 44 yards per game last year, and I kept him all year long because I had take lock. I got so stupid about it. But I liked him coming out of school. So I just had to say the name Zach Moss. He's a, like we mentioned him earlier, he runs through your mouth, out your butt. The problem was, was he wasn't getting a lot of rushes. He wasn't getting into a rhythm, and Mike nailed it perfectly. Just like Cam Newton is the goal line back in New England, Josh Allen's the goal line back in in um, in Buffalo. I mean, that is what it is. He has like eight, at least eight rushing touchdowns every season, I think. Josh Allen does. So it's just like, what what are we doing here? What can we do? I, you know, not Zach Moss is barely hanging on to relevance in my mind, but I liked him coming out of school. And just like I was with, you know, I was like, I can't let Jerry Judy slip past this point in the episode last week. I can't let Zach Moss not be one of the nine running backs we talked about. So I'm not excited about Zach Moss. I hope he bounces back. I hope Josh Allen doesn't run so much and he gets those eight touchdowns. He being Zach Moss. But that's my that's my ninth guy. Do you guys have any other guy for your ninth guy? Because that might be more interesting to talk about. No, I don't. I um, I, I agree with you. He has I, I have him as number nine. Um I have a couple other different guys um, outside of that, but yeah. Yeah, let's talk about those guys. Is it uh, Tony McFarland and Lynn Bowden? Close. It is. Uh, okay. It is Tony McFarland at ten. Okay. Um, and then I, I did uh, go with Darrington Evans. Oh, uh, thank God. 11. I thought you were gonna say Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I thought about him, but I'm just like, there. Yeah, with Tampa Bay, and there's probably going to be four other running backs back there with Keyshawn Vaughn, just like last year. So I'm just like, nah. He's definitely more of a long-term um, guy for me. Um, I I like Evans just because I just don't think uh, which Derrick Henry is going to hold up. I, he's had 700 carries in the last two seasons. Is yeah. that a lot? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, and I, I want I want his backup. And right now, Derrick and Evans is his back. Now, the only question may be, and since we're only talking about sophomore running backs, that's Evans. Not a sophomore running back that's also on that roster is Deontay Foreman. So... We'll see Deontay Foreman is much more of Derrick Henry kind of guy than Darrington Evans. Evans is more of a Matt Breida kind of guy, slasher, dasher kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So that will be interesting to see how that shakes up. But if, let's just say, Deontay Foreman's not on the roster and it is Evans, then I want Evans. Um, I want whoever that backup is going to be for Derrick Henry. And then I have your your guy, Jeff. I have um, Hasty at twelve. Uh, Michael. Um, yeah, I, I really like Hasty. Um, I think his upside is capped just by uh, Shanahanigans with the running back room. He's got two guys ahead of him. Um, but on the lateral yesterday, they asked me which which Niners running back are you taking? I'd say hey, every year it's with Shanahan, it's whoever's the cheapest. Yep. So take Hasty. He's the cheapest, and he he has a, as much of a shot to lead the team as carries as Raheem Mostert or. Uh, Jeff Wilson, because Raheem Mostert's going to get hurt, and so will Jeff Wilson. That's why I was high on Mostert a few years ago when we were talking about this. It was because, hey, he's the cheapest guy. It's going to be a mixed bag. You might as well go with the cheapest option. And, and as you say, Hasty's the cheapest option. Yeah. So, yeah, go get Hasty. Um, I, I, the one-sentence description of Jermichael Hasty is – Every step he takes has a purpose. Every, if you watch him, every single footfall has a purpose. It's not like some of these guys out here who get the ball behind the line of scrimmage and do the river dance because they've had, you know, 10 cups of coffee before the game. He's decisive and he's, he, and he runs hard and he runs fast. So I like Jermichael Hasty. He's not a burner, but he, he, he's a good player. He's a good player. I like him. I liked him before the Niners got him. So um, can't call me a homer there. Evan, anybody else that you wanted to mention? Gun to my head, there's a free agency shakeout where the only running backs in Seattle are Rashad Penny and DJ Dallas. And DJ Dallas is going to win that job so fast. The guy actually is not horrible. You know, uh, not great. I haven't seen enough of him to say he's great, but... That's somebody who's on my radar based on based on what happens to Alex Collins, Carlos Hyde, and Chris Carson. Like, that's yeah. so. Travis Homer. Some guy named Nick Bellore. No, I'm not worried about him. Nick Bellore. 49ers legend Nick Bellore. <laughs> who was so bad at, he was so bad at being a linebacker, he became a defense or uh, a fullback. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he was a linebacker with the Niners, and he's so bad he converted to fullback. So. I do like DJ Dallas in PPR leagues. Uh, if, however, that shakes out, as Evan was talking about, all those running backs there. I like Travis Homer, um, maybe better overall. Uh, but again, you know, Carlos Hyde, is he going to be the main back there? Rashad Penny? I mean, it's a mess. I, until that's all figured out, then I don't think any of the Seattle guys are you can count on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, um, 
it'll it'll be an interesting way to see how these down down lineup guys uh, shake out for the running backs, uh, the sophomore running backs. Nailed that dismount boys, and you cannot tell me any differently. So, any other rookie, <laughs> any, other, any other rookie running backs you guys want to talk about? No. All right. Like, so, what about Kelly? I mean, we sort of talked about him. Is he going to be? Is he toast? Is he going to be anything? This this is just for the people who watch on YouTube, my face. <laughs> okay, that's a no. Um, He's bad. He's not good. What about Keyshawn Vaughn? I mean, he didn't really have a chance. Uh, is he going to show up? Third round pick? I have learned my lesson against vociferously speaking out against sophomore Tampa Bay Buccaneer running backs. <laughs> I was so hard against Ronald Jones. So I have learned my lesson. He has a shot. He has a shot. He was a third round pick. He's not he's not junk. He hasn't had a chance to show anything this year. He just got buried in the death chart. Now, it hurts that he was buried by Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy. That certainly doesn't help matters. But I I, I want to see him in the preseason. I'll punt on it. I want to see what he looks like in the preseason. Because I we don't have a lot of Keyshawn Von tape in the NFL. We don't know what he looks like in the NFL, really. You we know? Don't. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to see what he looks like in the NFL because I don't I don't want to have take lock and I but I want to see what he looks like. So Keyshawn Vaughn is a is a potential guy, but yeah, he had 31 touches last year. Like what are we what are we gonna do with 31 touches? Yeah, they, yeah. Um, I guess right the bell cow um for the New York Jets right now is Michael P. Ryan. Um, it's gonna be Aaron Jones. Yeah, I, I don't see I don't see any of the Jets running backs right now being the bell cow being the number one guy. So, yeah, the Jets have tons of room in their cap space. So I would imagine someone like Aaron Jones to go there. But P. Ryan didn't do too bad, right? Uh, I mean, I don't think he really got much of an opportunity last year. I know, um, I think he was banged up. Let me take a look. Uh, let's see. Oh, 64 rushes, 232 yards. I'm not going to judge anybody on 64 rushes, you know, um, but I mean, he was he was good enough. I mean, he's 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 like a league average back. I think you know he, he'll be the guy that you know if he if he falls you know backwards into 250 touches, he'll be fantasy relevant, and that might that might happen to the Jets this year. Who knows? And the and Mr. Lafleur, I always get Mike and Matt mixed up, but Mr. Lafleur is going to bring a Shanahan offense to the Jets, and we saw last year even with the Niners bottoming out, that rushing game was still a big deal. So. Well, Michael P. Ryan could be worth something this year um, if they don't bring in any other guy. Yeah, Just, I mean, if he is, he's a bell cow. I mean, that's yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, if he gets a chance, and, you know, he's a big boy. He's 216 pounds. You know, he's not he's not a slight little guy back there. So, um, yeah, well, I, I'm not, I haven't, I don't think the script's been written on Michael P. Ryan yet. I'm holding out hope. But when, you're, when your classmates are freaking Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? you, you're lucky if you're making. I mean, maybe on the deepest of deep roster, you're on somebody. But yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a class where being top eight is big, and being nine or ten is not a big deal. Like the top eight are they're they're big boys. You know, they're, they're guys worth talking about. But the you know the eight, eight, nine through thirteen, fourteen, fifteen is like a matter of personal preference. It's almost like tight end. You know, where it's like these are the big boys, and then whatever's left is personal preference. I'm not, I'm, I'm not ruling out P. Ryan, um, or even I'm not even ruling out Lynn Bowden doing something this year. Yeah, I mean Bowden and um, 
even Mal- Malcolm Perry, they're both on the Dolphins. So, mm-hmm. uh, both of them probably fill the same kind of role there. And then I, Rodney Smith, he came on a little bit when, uh, which one call it went down? Um, not CMC, but um, Mike Davis. Mike Davis. He's a good guy out of the backfield to have. But yeah, oh, I can't yeah, believe it. Mike Davis. all right all right boys i think that'll do it um before uh we head out i want to try something new do you guys uh, what what new things are you working on why why don't we do some plugs evan let's talk about your satire articles oh yeah i've been picking up steam with those i'm doing sports news satire articles uh today or which one had engagement recently i did one called what was popular? Scientists studying financial implications of rotating legs backwards. And what makes Dak Prescott a multimillionaire for rotating his leg backwards, yet Alex Smith isn't making any money for rotating <laughs> his leg backwards. It doesn't make any sense, you know? It's like the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. So we got that on the site every day, every Monday through Friday. Yeah, and I did like probably because I I, I, I was like, Evan, do this, where it was uh, with the NFL Combine, has cancel culture gone too far? <laughs> yeah, I'll always take ideas. I'm trying to do five weeks a week just to get, up to get them up to my own extremely rigid writing standards by June. I'm, I'm trying to do one a day, so I'll take any idea at all and work with it. Yeah, Mike, what have you been working on? Anything, or are you kind of taking it easy right now? Uh, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the... Um, charting as, as far as um, putting in data entry um, for a, over the last three or four years. Uh, I sent you, I don't know, did you receive that, um, the chart I sent you? Um, uh, send it to me the, again. I don't think I did. Okay. With all the, the numbers for um, from, pro football. Uh, reference. Pro pro football. football. Yeah. Okay. I'll send that to you again. And then mostly what's mostly taken up my time is the scouting academy. Um, oh, yeah. That's that's easily 25 to 30 hours a week. So, um, yeah, I've been buried with that. Worth it? Absolutely. If you awesome. if you if you have a thousand dollars and you want to learn about it, absolutely. Use your stimmy check. Yeah, exactly. I would. <laughs> I would. If if you're good to go, absolutely. It's a, it's a great course. Yeah, absolutely great course. I'm learning so much. That's awesome. That's good to. That's something I've been kicking around the idea of doing, but um you know it, it's the time thing that gets me but i would love to do it so maybe i will do it who knows um for me um i uh starting next week i'm gonna start to do fantasy fallout on every free agency move so um my my easy season has moved off i'm just mostly watching rookies right now um watching wide receivers right now um and uh yeah we'll 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 uh we'll we'll talk rookie wide receivers a little bit later no combine means i'm taking it a little bit slowly with it, I don't have to have everything done, you know, by the beginning of March. And um, my other podcast, like I mentioned earlier, Reactionaries Podcast, we're in the middle of Martini Madness. Uh, if you've never seen a Ron Martini movie, I greatly suggest going to YouTube, I believe it's on YouTube, and watching either Omega Cop or Karate Cop. They are absolutely insane. Um, but we did those before. We're watching um, the uh, Ninja Warrior series now by Ron Martini. Really fun, really dumb movies. Um, if you like dumb movies... Dumb action movies, reactionaries podcast. I just thought, you know, it, we 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 scoot out of here without, you know, plugging our stuff. So I just wanted to give us a chance to plug. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, Evan is at Evan Hoovler, and he is tweeting one-liners. That he doesn't do any fantasy football stuff on Twitter. It's just one-liners. Mike is at RFL Red Zone. He does fantasy stuff. I am at Jeff Crisco. I do fantasy stuff as well as, uh, you know, 
if it's midnight on a Saturday and my wife's asleep, I will be tweeting about late 90s, early 2000s uh, music. So that's usually what I end Not up doing. Not giving Royce Freeman a chance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Royce Freeman. <laughs> Get out of here, Royce Freeman. So, uh, again, Discord, tiny.cc slash FBAbsurdity. If you want to follow the Twitter account, it's FBallAbsurdity. We do not really use it, to be completely honest with you. So, thanks for listening. For Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Take care, and you have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye.